0: 1 John chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to begin with verse number 18, and we'll see what the Lord has in store for us this morning. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love. Everybody say no fear. No fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Last week, I started a series called Fear Not. And today, I will continue with a second message in this series. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us as we reach into his word this morning to find strength. And Let's pray together now. Lord, we love you today. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for the strength that we find in your word and the help we find in your word. I pray this morning as we speak what you have laid up on our hearts, that the mind and heart of every hearer today, Lord, is open to receive the word of God and that we leave better than what we showed up this morning. And we leave full of help and hope and faith. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. One in every five things that Jesus said was urging his followers to refuse fear and to not be afraid, to have courage, to take heart, to be of good cheer. It was Jesus Christ's most common command, fear not, fear not. It was an important subject with him because one statement that he made more than any others, was very simple, be not afraid. Over and over again, Jesus used the term, be not afraid. When we use the fear, the, the term fear and we use, talk about being afraid, the first thoughts that come to my mind are things that affect most of us. I have to be honest, I have a fear of snakes. Some are fearful of spiders. But I found what you may suppose to be your great friend. It is called a tarantula hawk. It is actually a spider wasp, they call them. It is a wasp which hunts tarantulas or hunts spiders. I grew up in an area where we referred to their type as simply just being dirt daubers or mud daubers. That was what we always referred to them. I had no idea until I began to do research that these simple little things called dirt daubers feed on spiders. They are your friend. And one very large Wasp of sorts, dirt dabbers of sorts, is known as the tarantula hawk. It grows up to two inches long. I have seen them and never really understood what they were until I began to do some research. It's among the largest of wasps. It it, it has a vivid coloration found on their bodies, and it serves as a warning to all the potential predest, predators that would feed on it of their ability to deliver a very powerful sting. Their long legs have hooked claws for grappling their victims, and the stinger of a female can be up to a quarter of an inch long, and the sting is considered to be the second most painful insect sting in the world. That's bad news. But what you have going for you is you're not likely to get stung because they're very hard to get stirred up enough that they would actually sting. They hunt spiders. It is their prey of choice, particularly tarantulas. The the female tarantula hawk stings and paralyzes a tarantula. It is the only one of its type that is large enough that would dare to attack a tarantula, it stings and paralyzes the tarantula and then drags the tarantula to a specifically prepared brooding nest where that a single egg is laid in the spider's abdomen. And the entrance of where that egg is laid is covered It doesn't kill the tarantula, it only paralyzes it. And it leaves its prey paralyzed for an extended period of time. It's much like fear. When the wasp larva hatches, it creates a small hole in the spider's abdomen where it has Developed and grown and finally hatched, now it puts a hole into the spider's abdomen. And then as a parasite, it gets inside its prey and feeds voraciously on the spider while it remains alive. Nightmares are going to come out of this story. As it eats, it avoids the vital organs for as long as it possibly can to keep the spider alive because from it, it provides incubation, heat, and life itself. Eventually, the wasp kills its victim, but not until it has destroyed it from the inside out fear ladies and gentlemen will paralyze you fear ladies and gentlemen will destroy you from the inside out fear ladies and gentlemen will not stop until it kills your very being jesus didn't say in his word to try not to be afraid he gave clear command be not afraid this is not optional To be fearful and unbelieving is contradicting of the highest order of God. Fear is not of God. The scripture said we have not been given the spirit of fear. If you're afraid of something, that fear is not brought on by God. It is brought on by self-reliance. And God hates fear. When he comes walking on the water, and the disciples were afraid, the first words out of his mouth were, it's I, be not afraid. He wants you and I to understand this very clearly today, that he is not in the business of fear. He doesn't want us living in fear. He wants us to learn to walk by faith. Fear comes from Satan. The Bible says that if you will resist the devil, he will flee from you. Ask yourself this question today. Why am I afraid of a spirit that will run from the mere suggestion of resistance? Why am I afraid of something that is fear, fearful of a little resistance? God hates fear. He wants us to understand that He, God, is bigger. God is greater. God is more powerful than anything that this earth and its realms can ever do to us. So, if you can eradicate fear, God will replace it with faith. Now, that's, that's worth saying again because I want you to get this today. If you can eradicate fear, God will replace it with faith. Here is the problem. When you are filled with fear, God cannot replace it with faith. When you are, are paralyzed by fear, God cannot work through faith in your life. So the issue is, is you and I have to cast the fear out of our life. And the only way that you can cast fear out of your life is to bring love into your life. Because perfect love casteth out. No, Ain't nobody going to help me preach today. You must realize that fear is offensive to God. Fear is equivalent to denying his claim to having all power in in heaven and in earth. Fear is saying, you don't have all power in heaven. You don't have all power in earth. There's things that's going to come against me, and i got to be afraid of this because God is not in control of everything. Fear says his word is not true. Fear says he is not all powerful. Fear says God is not able when we're fearful and unbelieving, when we are without faith, it is not just difficult to please God, but the Scripture says that it is impossible to please God. I heard Mike Williams say it like this, as our awe of God grows, our fear of life will diminish. No wonder the psalmist said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He said, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. I'm trying to get through to somebody in this place today. To be afraid is an absence of faith in God and His ability and desire to keep us and to help us and to save us and to prevent evil from destroying us. Fear affects the kingdom of God because it causes us to cease in trusting God for our daily bread and for what we need uh, day to day. And it causes men to look to, to fleshly means to make it in life. In other words, we look at, at what what in the world is going to happen to me and we become afraid because we are not trusting in God. We are trusting in our own resources. We're trusting in our own abilities. We're trusting in everything that man has to offer. And we are not trusting truly in the Lord and know that God has got this thing. When we're filled with fear, we stop giving financially because we're afraid. When we live in fear, we stop giving spiritually. We stop giving emotionally when we're afraid. Fear stops us from giving, from sacrificing, and from committing ourselves. I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough to go around. I'm afraid that I'm going to be too tired. I'm afraid it may break my physical body down. I'm afraid that, you know, there's just too many things that could go wrong. I fear, I fear, I fear, I fear. And that, my friend, is how that fear stops revival in a church. And how fear stops your life in its tracks. And how fear will prevent you from growing and becoming what God wants you to become. If the church becomes afraid, we will not fulfill God's plan and purpose in our lives. Unmistakably, we are taught in the Bible again and again in both Testaments that the just shall live. By faith. Fear undermines faith. Fear sabotages faith. Fear smothers faith. Fear destroys faith. But the just shall live by faith. That means the just cannot have fear. That means the just cannot live and walk by fear. It means the just cannot have fear destroying their life. We must walk by faith. The scripture says you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, and the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If the children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If our lives are categorized by fear, then we know that this did not come of God and from God. And we know as well that apparently our adversary, the devil, has managed to influence us and he has opened a door and has gained access into our lives through fear. Satan uses fear as his doorway into our lives. He uses fear as his entrance point into our lives. He lays the little tiny seeds in our life. And when they grow, they begin to grow in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit. And often go undetected while they are growing and incubating and developing. Until it begins to destroy us from the inside out. Because it replaces every corner of your life life of your spirit of your emotion that once was filled with faith now has been destroyed but as, as fear is incubated from the inside of you from your heart from the corners of your mind and we become so full of fear that it paralyzes us and eats us from the inside out when you and I have fear It's because we fail to believe that God is greater than anyone or anything that can come against us. When we're filled with fear, we fail to trust that God's got everything in control. When things come against me, When the enemy comes against your home, when the enemy comes against your health, when the enemy comes against your family, that's why we've got to declare, God is still for me. God is not against me. The enemy says, whoa, he's resisting me. You better believe I'll resist. How? In the faith. You know how you resist the devil by staying filled with faith? You resist him by staying in the faith. When hell comes against my life, I will resist him by the word of God. You come against me with a sword and a spear, but I remember the name of the Lord. You come against me with cancer, but I remember the name of the Lord. You come against me with emotions, but I remember the name of the Lord. You come against me with disappointment, but I remember the name of the Lord. You come against me with failure, but I will not fear, for the Lord shall be with me. Though a host rise up against me, they will stumble and fall, because I remembered the name of the Lord, for the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Somebody needs to declare this morning, I will overcome all fear and all doubt and nothing will be able to stop me. Isaiah asked rhetorically, to whom will ye liken to God? What likeness will you compare unto him? Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundation of the earth? Is it he that sitteth on the circle of the earth? Come on now, you got to hear this with me. God is in charge of everything. He goes on to say, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard the God, the Lord, the everlasting God to the ends of the earth, feigneth not, neither is he weary. Neither is he searching in his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. To them that hath not, he giveth might. He increases strength. The youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? Because they do not fear. This is how God says He wants us to live. Not fearful. But He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Uh, Somebody says, I got resistance coming against me. That ought to be enough to motivate you to get up and declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not be afraid of resistance that comes. I'll not be afraid of 10,000 that come against me or rise at my right hand for the Lord is with me. And when I walk with God and God being on my side, I have nothing to be afraid of. It doesn't matter how high or how mighty you may become, or what title you may add to your name. The stout arm of the workman is going to grow weary. Wrinkles are ultimately going to to spoil the finest of faces. And the graceful form of youth is going to bend into the tottering shell of its youth until finally it ends in the grave. And the actor is ultimately going to have to leave the stage And the man of youthful genius will become a madman. And the orator's tongue is going to eventually fail him. But God said, I am God and I change not. I am God and I change not. He is saying, I can't get any weaker. And I will not be anything less than what I have been. Do you understand that? God cannot become any weaker than what he is. He cannot change from what he is. Time is not going to wear him down. Situations are not going to cause him to faint. I am God and I change not. He is saying I cannot get any weaker. I cannot be any less than what I have been. And at his weakest moment on the cross, he was still stronger than the fear of death. Come on, somebody, God is greater than your situation. God is bigger than the mess that you get yourself into. God is greater. His name is Jesus, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He doesn't change. No matter what comes against you, he is still God. He is still God. Why don't you look at your neighbor and tell him he's still God? He's still God. Come on, say it to you mean it. God is still God. Never will it be said of God that his arm is short, that he can't reach, that his ear is heavy, that he can't hear. When you listen to his own testimony about himself, he said that before me there was no God formed and neither shall there be any after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is none other. I am the first and the last. I'm just using his own terms here. I am the first and the last, and beside me there is no God. This is not my appraisal of him. This is how God appraises himself. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, and spread abroad the earth by myself. He's God all by himself. There is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none else. Look unto me and be saved. All the ends of the earth for I am, for I am God and there is none else. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, the things that were not done, saying, I will do all my pleasure and counsel shall stand. And now I ask you a question. Why are we afraid? If God appraises himself in such high and lofty terms, that's why that he tells you and I that we need to praise him. Because our praise is our appraisal of him. So when you are going through the most difficult day of your life, the scripture said, praise ye the Lord. Praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Let everything, he said, that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise him in the good times. Praise him in the, Why? Because I need to learn to give my appraisal of him when I'm walking through darkness. I praise you because you are the light. You are the lamp to my feet. You are the light to my path. You are the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What are you doing? I'm appraising him because I'm going through a valley, because my body's in pain. He is my healer. He is my provider. He is my, what are you doing, pastor? I'm appraising God. I'm reminding myself of who God is. I'm reminding myself, I'm not going to become afraid. Though a host of 10,000 rise at my right hand, I will not fear, for the Lord is going to be with me. Come on, in the most difficult day of your life, you need to throw praise up to him because it's for you. You're praising him, but he's trying to get you to see him high and lifted up. The psalmist said, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. The Lord is with me. Why don't you say it with me? The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. Can you get that in your spirit today? God is with me. Why don't you just say that to yourself right now? God is with me. God is with me. Well, pastor, I've got this situation. God is with me. Pastor, I'm, I really need prayer. I've got this. God is with you. God is with you. God, maybe we need to change our vocabulary. When somebody says, pray for me because we need to say, God be with you. God be with you. God be with you. You know what? That's an old fashioned way of saying, God is with you. Don't worry don't become afraid don't become paralyzed in your fear because God is with me then he stuck the dagger just a little deeper in the evil heart of unbelief that's what the Bible calls a heart that doesn't believe that doesn't believe he said and God stuck his dagger a little deeper into the heart of the unfounded fear of the unbeliever and he said thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies In other words, what are you afraid of? I will feed you in the face of your adversary. I will nourish you and plant you and grow you in the presence of your adversary. There isn't anything that God cannot do when Isaiah wrote those exciting promises of a time when he says the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf deaf would be unstopped and the lame man would leap as the heart and the tongue of the dumb would sing. Then he spoke of some other issues too. Listen to what he said. Strengthen the weak hands. Confirm the feeble knees. Let them that say they are of a fearful heart be strong and fear not you got to get this today. Let them, say that's me, let them who are of a feeble or a fearful heart be strong and fear not. Let them who are of a fearful heart fear not, and then he tells us the reason why that he could promise us protection from the evils of the world around us. The very next line tells us, for an highway shall be there, and a way it shall be called the highway of holiness, and the unclean shall not pass over it, and no lion shall be there. In other words, the devil's not going to be there. Nor any ravenous beast shall go there upon. It shall be found there, but the redeemed of the Lord shall walk therein. He, he said, I'm going to tell you why you don't have to be fearful. Because there is a path that God has set before you that the lion and the beast cannot even get up onto. Because when you walk in the holiness of God, there is a highway called holiness that you can walk on that the devil cannot even get upon. All the beast can do is sit on the sidelines and roar and try to strike fear in your heart. But David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm walking the highway of holiness. And all that the enemy can do is yell and scream and mock and carry on. But he can't get on the highway that I'm walking on because my God is is going to be here with me. There is a place of safety for the redeemed of the Lord. Job said it this way, there is a path that the vulture's eyes hath not seen. <laughs> Here's what he says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty and I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my God in him will I trust he will deliver thee from the noise and from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence he shall cover thee with his feathers and his wings shalt thou trust His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. For thou shalt not be afraid for terror by night, nor arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor the destruction that raceth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at the side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto thee. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is the most high, even my refuge and thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh unto thy dwelling. For he has given his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all of thy ways, and they shall bear thee up in the arms, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the otter and the dragon, and thou shalt trample him. Underfoot, somebody ought to get up on your feet this morning and give God praise for the promise that he said I'll be faithful to you I'll walk with you through the hardest days of life I will be with you don't fear don't fear don't fear for I will be with you I close with this today without a doubt there are people in this room that need to run into the arms of God today I need to step into this arena of safety and say, Lord, I need you to come on board with me. I need you, God, because I'm living in fear. You need to be in the church today because this is a place of safety where the enemy cannot get in in time. Our code word this year is dominion. I want to remind you we shout and dance and rejoice over authority that God has given us, but dominion is a higher level than authority. Because God gave us authority, but we choose to walk in shared authority. I reminded you in the first message I preached this year we walk in shared authority. But when we step up and do battle with the enemy and cast him out and we become the dominant force, then we have dominion. From the word dominant, we then have dominion. God chooses for his people to walk in dominion. The issue is is that we have so much clutter in our lives that we live in shared authority. When we say, well, I've got God with me, but then fear comes and we say, I'm just going to share the same living quarters with fear. I'm going to share the same living quarters with doubt. I'm going to share the same space. I'm just going to coexist with fear and doubt and unbelief. I'm going to tell you, it's going to birth something in you that will take you out. So here's what you got to do. you got to cast it out. you got to get it out of your life. You're not going to incubate here. You're not going to eat me from the inside out. I'm not going to live every day worried about what my future's going to look like. I made up my mind a long time ago. My mother died at 63 years of age with cancer. Her mom died of cancer, and her mom died of cancer. My dad's side of the family all died with heart disease. My dad's outlived every male in his family. They all died in their 50s. I look and say, My Lord, if I look at genetics, I ought to die by the time I'm 50, but I refuse to live every day feeling like the devil's going to take me out at 50. I'm not going to live fretting and worrying every day that 50 or 60 years old and I've got to be out of here. God will say when I'm going to be out of here and between here and there, I'm not going to live in fear every day of my life. I refuse to be paralyzed with fear and pull the covers over my head every morning and say because my mama died, I'm gonna die. Because my dad has diabetes, I'm gonna have diabetes. I rebuke that in the name of the Lord. Just because the doctor said doesn't mean anything. God is the final word. I refuse to walk in fear. Come on, somebody needs to replace fear with faith today and declare in the name of the Lord, I refuse to walk in fear. I'm gonna walk in faith. I'm gonna walk in faith. I'm going to walk in faith. I like to look at the church as being a no fear zone. If it's not, let's create it this morning. What do you say? I open these altars today, and this is going to be a no fear zone. We're going to step out with bravery today and say, I've got a lot of obstacles in my path, in my future, but I am not walking forward with faith. I'm going to put a smile on my face. There will not be a word of fear. Oh, but you know, it's so bad. Stop trying to get attention over what the enemy wants to bring into your life. Speak faith into it. Speak the word of God into it. I'm walking in the will of God. I'm living in the will of God. I walk by faith and not by sight. No weapon formed against me. Shall prosper I refuse to live in fear I refuse to be paralyzed by fear I will walk in faith come forward with faith today come forward with faith today come on you can overcome it today you can overcome it today speak it in the name of the Lord cast it out in the name of the Lord Come on, reach out to the Lord all over this building right now. Reach out to Him today. Reach out to Him today. Come on, throw your hands in the air and speak it by faith. I see the mountain being passed down. Come on, speak faith into your situation today. Mountain be removed in the name of the Lord. Mountain be removed in the name of the Lord.
1: No fear,
0: no fear,
1: no fear. fear.